Hi, I'm Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. And for this edition of the Max and Murphy podcast, we're joined by Assemblymember Nicole Maliotakis, mayoral candidate. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here with you. So um, just for listeners and New Yorkers who may not be fully aware, just tell us a little bit about you and your background before we get into the details of the campaign, sort of who are you, where do you come from? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Well, I'm a New York State Assembly member. This is my seventh year in office. I represent Brooklyn and Staten Island. Uh, And some of my major issues to date have been uh, transportation, senior services, obviously uh, Hurricane Sandy and the rebuilding and the aftermath because I have a district that was very much devastated by that. And of course, uh, you know, whether it's crime or animal rights or just a lot of different issues. Obviously, in the legislature, we vote on thousands of bills and there's many ranging topics. Um, But I'm running for mayor uh, primarily because uh, there's a a clear disintegration, I would say, of the quality of life. It certainly has deteriorated over the last three and a half years, whether it be the homeless um, numbers that keep increasing with the newest numbers coming out last week from the city of approximately 40% increase in street population. Uh, And then you see the roughly 70,000 delays a month on our subway system, uh, whether it be traffic that is certainly added there's a tremendous amount of congestion that has been added to our streets, uh, education system in which we continue to pour more money uh, than any other municipality in the nation, and yet we don't get the results that other states or cities do. Um, there are a lot of issues, I believe, that are at the forefront right now that are real, that people see, they hear, they experience every single day. And uh, that's why I'm running, to tackle these quality of life issues. I believe we have a mayor right now who's more concerned with fighting an ideological war uh, nationally or in perhaps internationally, with his most recent trip to Germany, and not so much focused on doing the actual job of being mayor and governing the city and uh, addressing these everyday quality of life issues that should be the basic, that are the basic responsibilities of city government. If you win, when you win, uh, you would be the city's first female mayor. Does that matter? I think it, it does matter. I think, you know, we are a very progressive city, and New York City likes to throw away that, throw around that term, being progressive, uh, yet to think that we've never had a female mayor uh, is quite uh, disappointing. Um, but I, I don't believe that people should be voting for me simply because I am a woman, but certainly with being the first woman comes a lot of responsibility. And just being, uh, you know, the nominee of the Republican Party is, is, is quite an honor to be able to carry uh, that. I remember as a young girl growing up when Ruth Messenger um, ran uh, against Rudy Giuliani, and that was uh, significant. And I wasn't young, but you know, I was in my I was in my teen teen years, and that was, I think, significant. Uh, and it definitely left an impression. Most of the time, you don't remember who the person who ran and lost was, the opposition. But in that case, it left an impression with me simply because she was a woman who was taking on this awesome role of of running for mayor of the city of New York. So I, I think, you know, look, I I would be the first uh, female. I would be the first Hispanic. I'd be the first Greek mayor, probably be the first uh, mayor from Staten Island uh, that represents that that district of Bay Ridge and Staten Island. Um, But I do believe that in in all those cases, it it is, I think, you know, a a very important achievement. Um, But certainly people should be voting for me because of what, that I'm presenting a better alternative to what Mayor de Blasio has done over the last three and a half years, which has led to a significant uh, decrease in the quality of life here in our city. So you are a Republican. You're um, 
going to be on the conservative party line and perhaps others. And you mentioned that, you know, the mayor and others throw around the word progressive. Um, so how is there a way that you sort of capture your political philosophy? Would you call yourself a common sense conservative or, you know, is there some is there a way you capture it or or how do you sort of um, identify yourself in a political philosophy, even though I hear you that you want to focus on just operations sure. and quality of life stuff. <laughs> no, look, I, I think um, I am a common sense candidate. Um, what I'm really proposing, I believe, is, you know, common sense uh, plan to have a no-nonsense New York is the way I would like to term it. Um, I would consider myself more, uh, you know, moderate, even though I have the conservative label. I mean, it depends on, you know, the issue. Obviously, there's a range of issues, and that's why it's hard always to define someone specifically, because you may be a little more liberal on some issues, you may be conservative on other issues. Um, but at the end of the day, I find myself to be just a, a rational uh common sense individual that's open-minded. I'm willing to sit down with everyone, regardless of what their position is, where on the political spectrum they lie, and I hope to find consensus. As a, a member of the minority in the New York State Assembly, I have to find consensus. I have to find others who are willing to work with me and, 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 and accept some of my ideas um, to incorporate it into maybe their legislation. Um, and it's uh, something that, you know, I think I've been able to do during my time in the Assembly, and you know, working across the aisle. I think with this mayor, for instance, he doesn't get along with the president uh, and he doesn't get along with the governor of his own party either. And I think that I've been, someone has been able to work with both sides. Um, and I, I think that's very important, especially as a Republican running in New York City, to have colleagues on the other side of the aisle that you can work with. Um, certainly, I believe if I'm elected that I will have Democrats serving in my administration. I see many people with talent I see many people who uh, have a passion for one issue or another, and they're very good and have great ideas on those particular subjects. And I, I certainly believe that there will be a place for everyone in my administration. You voted, speaking of the president, you voted for Mr. Trump in November. The vast majority of New Yorkers did not. What do you think of his performance so far, and what do you say to New Yorkers, not only who voted against him in, in vast numbers, but who see him particularly as a threat to the mm -hmm. city and to things that are held dear here? Well, look, that's, that's the beauty of a democracy. Everyone gets to vote at the end of the day for who they believe is the best. Um, I, you know, to be honest, everyone knows Marco Rubio is my candidate. If I could have chosen from the whole slate that was from the day one, uh, Marco Rubio would be president today. Um, so unfortunately, uh, he dropped out. I didn't endorse anyone else in the primary uh, after he dropped out of the race. Uh, but, you know, came election day, I, I, I opted to go with someone who I thought would shake up the status quo a little bit instead of, I think, going in the same direction. I felt we needed some type of uh, shaking up in Washington, and that's why I casted my vote for him. Um, but look, there's differences, obviously. Uh, I don't agree with everything he does. And I think my main priority is, um, I think I would say, my main priority is the people of New York City and what will be good for my city. And I have no problem um, going against the president or Republicans in Washington when I need to, and I also think that I'm in a good position as a fellow Republican to lobby them and try to convince them of policies that will help the city. Uh, and that's something, again, we don't see from our mayor, somebody who can either work with the Republicans in Washington or work with the governor of his own party. Um, I'm somebody who I believe can work with both, and I think that's why I will be more effective for the people of New York City. So I've heard you, um, speaking of being effective, I've heard you um, criticized the mayor here already today on a few things, clearly on the campaign trail already, you know, growth in the budget, mismanagement of homelessness, um, some crime statistics rising. 
are you going to put forward sort of a positive vision or is it going to almost solely be a negative campaign yeah, so, of he's well, not doing the job? Well, I think, you know, when I do criticize him, I, I do know for the most part what I would be doing to correct it. I mean, and whether that gets printed or not is a different story, but I have, you know, talked about uh, ways to ease some traffic congestion. I've talked about what we should be doing in terms of improving, putting more money in the capital plan to improve the subway signals, which I think is, 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 is a critical issue, should be number one priority. If he's increasing 22% the budget in three and a half years and is not putting a significant enough money in a capital plan to increase the subway systems in his city, as all other cities, Paris, San Francisco, Vancouver, London, have done, uh, that is, I think, a, a bad judgment on his part. Um, with the homeless crisis, I believe that you know he has not been proactive enough in number one transitioning people out of the homeless shelter uh, system. Uh, I think we should be investing more in vocational training, job placement. Um, there are opportunities out there. I've met with many organizations who do job placement, saying that there are opportunities for people to transition out. Uh, vocational training, there are waiting lists for vocational training opportunities. We need to expand those programs so people shouldn't be stuck in a shelter system waiting. Um, I do believe that they're not proactive in terms of outreach, which is obvious. They could say whatever they want, but they're not doing what um, past administrations have been doing in, in getting people who are on the street uh, some type of help for their underlying issue, whether it's mental health or substance abuse, that needs to be more of a focus. I put out my homeless plan a couple of weeks ago, www.nicoleformayor2017.com. It's in there. I also believe that this administration has neglected the 4% of the population that is severely mentally ill, and we see people being um, not sending, sent, if they're arrested because they've attempted to commit a crime or attempted to hurt somebody or they did commit a crime, they are just released back onto the street. They're not sent for, you know, mandatory evaluation to see how we can help them. I mean, these are people with schizophrenia and other mental illnesses. And we saw it the, in a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of months ago, and again uh, this week. But an individual who, you know, had uh, mental illness, had previous arrest record, uh, was allowed to go free by one of the judges that de Blasio appointed. And that individual stole a ambulance and ran over EMT Arroyo. And that is something that could have been prevented. Something also that happened this week, which was very disturbing, was an individual walked into a precinct. He was a mentally ill individual, threatened to hurt himself. He's suicidal, threatened to kill police officers, tried to steal a police officer's gun. Uh, they arrested him. They brought him uh, to the courthouse, and the judge released him. No bail, and despite despite the DA asking for a $250,000 bail, as well as uh, you know some type of mental health evaluation, that, to me, not sending somebody who is threatening to hurt themselves or somebody else, especially a police officer, for a 72-hour hold, for psychiatric evaluation, perhaps hospitalization, um, is a bad judgment. Could um, the mayor have done something about that? That was the judge's decision. That was the judge's decision. I think where the mayor comes in is in appointing good judges, and the individual who was released by a judge and that individual then ran over and killed our EMT Arroyo, that judge was appointed by this mayor. In this case, the judge was not appointed by the mayor, um, but I think it goes to um, talk, being more, promoting more the fact that we need to send people for evaluation. I've called for that judge in this case that happened this week um, to be demoted back to civil court. She was elected to civil court. 
However, she was acting supreme and in criminal court. And so many of the other police unions have also said the same thing, that she's, she's allowing people who are dangerous and detriment to society to be released. The individual, she's the same judge, by the way, who released the individual who walked into a church and threatened to kill a nun. Same, same individual, same judge. So I think there's a, a, an issue there with men, mental people who are truly mentally ill not receiving the, the services and care that they need, and they're being put back on the street. And, you know, it's unfortunate because now what's happening is we're seeing this repeatedly happen. They get arrested, multiple convictions, and then they're released back on the street, and then they end up killing somebody. So we have to stop the problem now, not be reactive. With, with that and with... Um, homelessness and with um, you've been talking a lot about um, uh, easing up on um, public urination it seems like you want to sort of return to a much sort of tighter tougher um, public safety regime you know along the lines of the Giuliani Bloomberg type of um, approach to you know often the first answer is take somebody off the street or take somebody in, whether it's for psych evaluation or to, or to jail, um, and really just have almost, you know, have a very sort of tough, tight approach to the city streets. Well, I think law and order is very important. I do believe that quality of life enforcement is very important because um, look what happened yesterday. You have people now urinating on other people on the train. Last week somebody told me they uh, saw an individual urinating, defecating, on a subway, on a subway car with other individuals, you know, trying to commute, and it's a major problem. It's become a problem. You, this mayor sent the message out that it's okay. You can urinate, defecate, do whatever you want, wherever you want, litter, and there's going to be really no consequences. And I think that that has been a bad message that has been sent, and there's been a clear, clear increase you in think, those types of quality You think it's worse life. than, let's say, in 2011 I or I think 12? if you talk to anyone on the street and mm -hmm. ask them if it's worse, and they will tell you the answer is yes, it is worse. What do you think drives the homelessness problem? You talk on your website about attacking the root causes or root cause. What do you think that is? Well, I think that, um, well, I think part of it is the uh, substance abuse issue with the heroin epidemic that we have. I believe that part of it is mental illness. I believe that part of it is we're attracting individuals from out of New York State uh, because we do have a very generous benefits here in New York. Uh, I believe that part of it is um, people who are on minimum wage jobs can't keep their uh, pay their, paying their rent and they get kicked out and they have nowhere to stay. You know, that's why I say we have to invest in vocational training very much to give them a skill so they can support themselves, their families, uh, and truly uh, achieve unlimited potential. Could we, you know, if you learn a skill like painting, plumbing, welding, you can join a union, you can uh, start your own business, the potential is unlimited. And we have to give people that opportunity. I want to get people off of minimum wage, get them vocational skills so they can start their, their own careers uh, and, and a career that you can live on. Minimum wage was supposed to be entry level. It was never supposed to be to support a family, and that's why it's important we invest in other opportunities for education. Um, so uh, the, the thing is this. That's why we need a more proactive approach in outreach. What I have a pro, uh, uh, proposed was having multiple agencies come together with representatives that they, they then come out with a team to go out and do outreach for these individuals. Let's find out really what their underlying issue is. We know a big cause of, of, of homelessness for families is domestic violence. 
Um, so that needs to be something that is addressed more broadly. Um, but I do believe that with the issue of street homelessness, it is often an underlying issue like mental illness, substance abuse, or, uh, and we need to find out what that is. And that's why I feel that we need to be more proactive in reaching out to these individuals, engaging with them, sending social workers, NYPD, various agencies, whether it be, you know, the, the transit and parks, because they're, they're sleeping all over, whether it's the parks, whether it's underneath expressways, there are encampments literally uh, that are popping up all over um, the city. So that is a major issue that needs to be addressed proactively, which this mayor's not doing. So what about affordable housing, just to, since that's like, one, yeah, one sure. way he is pro proactively, yeah. or purports that he's proactively. If you are elected, you would basically take office four years into his 10-year housing plan. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayor Dinkins continued the Koch plan. Yeah. That's a precedent. Do you think that the city needs to create more affordable housing? And, and how would you approach it, if at all, differently from how this mayor is? No, I, I look, I think we need to continue and build on it. Um, I think that that is something that is important and much needed, uh, whether it be, but, 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 you know, it could be for many different populations. It could be for, uh, veterans as well as seniors. And then those that fall within the, the earning incomes levels. Uh, but you also have to understand that we need supportive housing because some, some individuals that are transitioning from homelessness to independent living can't completely be independent. They need support services. I do support, um, more supportive housings, I believe, housing units. Uh, part of my plan would be the New York, New York 4 agreement, which would have followed up the three agreement that happened more than a decade ago between the governor and the mayor. And we don't have that because there's no relationship really right now between the mayor and the governor. We put money in the budget in Albany for affordable housing or supportive housing. Uh, they put, they're doing some stuff on the city level, but there's no real coordination. I think they need to work together. And it's unfortunate that we have a governor and a mayor who aren't working together because of a bad relationship. And it's the people of New York City that suffer as a result. So I would like to see a more concerted effort there. I think... Um that's fairly clear to everybody who's watching, and that's and that's but, but, problematic. And that's, yeah, no, and that's problematic. Go ahead. But no, let me just add yeah, to that because yeah. because this mayor talks about building ninety homeless shelters throughout the city of New York, and I disagree with that. And I think the communities will disagree with that. Any community, regardless of where it is, where you try to build a homeless shelter, you're going to get major pushback. Um, and this mayor has resorted to pushing to to making now transitioning hotels with Queens being the 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 borough that has the most hotels have been transitioned to shelters uh, and they're illegal because there's no kitchen uh, they're not accord in accordance to law so that's why supportive housing is so important i think if you tried to put supportive housing instead or affordable housing then the community would be much more receptive i think generally speaking as i said everybody would agree the mayor and the governor are not working together well and, and that's a detriment to new yorkers um, they are both advancing, as you said, with supportive housing programs. Supportive housing is being built. Affordable housing is being built. Um, is there anything you would you would say right now, um, just on the affordable housing plan? Is it something you've looked at closely enough yet to say this is something I would do differently on that? Is he not subsidizing enough low income housing, enough middle yeah. income housing, or? Well, what I could off. tell you, I didn't think there was enough for veterans in his plan. I think it was, just, uh, I don't want to use numbers here, but I think it was maybe 5,000 units or something uh -huh. like that for veterans. I think that needs to be uh, looked at better, um, but take a, take a better look rather at that. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think that we can continue certainly what has started. 
and we need to build on it. I don't think it's enough, quite frankly. So you mentioned New York City has very generous, I think you said benefits, you know, right to shelter, I think you were referring to there, but, but broadly speaking, New York City has a very built out sort of um, public benefit welfare system, and the mayor has added to that quite a bit with whether it's vouchers, you know, subsidies. Um, you've criticized the budget growth. You know, should New Yorkers assume that under your mayorality, you would sort of look to really take, uh, you know, do a lot of slashing of sort of um, public benefits and where he's grown out the budget in some of those areas? And if not, what what would you look to slash from the budget? Well, I think I think public benefits is a portion of it. I mean, we, we should be looking to help people. Um, like I said, whether it's education, vocational training, we should be looking to help people be independent, have a job that they can be proud of, that they can support themselves and their family. I want to give people opportunity. When I when I talk to people in New York City, that's that's what they want. They want they want jobs. They want education. They want access to education for their children. They're uh, very concerned that their children are graduating in some cases i was in the bronx some individual told me that their you know their kid graduated high school and they can't read they can't really read and that's a concern i think for many people around this city so it's about giving them access to a good education it's about helping them uh, get vocational training options and just giving everyone the opportunity to live the american dream that's what i would like to see and we had many um you know, welfare to work programs under Mayor Rudy Giuliani, which is why the welfare rolls were able to drop so much. This mayor has backtracked. He has set us back decades. Uh, and now we're seeing those numbers go up and the work programs be reduced. And I don't think he's giving people an opportunity. He's making them more reliant on the, on uh, not only the welfare system, but in some cases the homeless system. And we want to be able to transition people out. Um, because it should be temporary. We should be giving them temporary shelter and helping them, those who are able, uh, we should help them gain, get gainfully employed and, and help them improve their lives so that they could be independent. Let's talk about immigration for a second. Mm -hmm. You said, I think it was last week, that you believe the city should honor uh, detainers from ICE writ large, with whether it's uh, felonies or, or any kind of crime. Um, and so I just want to hear, what's the argument for um, someone who's convicted of a relatively low-level mm -hmm. misdemeanor, a criminal trespass, possession of marijuana on a low degree? It, it seems to some that it's disproportionate, the punishment, that committing that crime and being mm -hmm. sent back to a country mm -hmm. where you might not have lived in as, uh, you know, since you were a little kid. Yeah, well, you know what, I'm really not, like, looking to go after people who are, who are committing those low-level crimes. Really, my focus has been on those crimes, which some are felonies, by the way, of, uh, you know, first of all, let's start with sex abuse, patronizing a child for prostitution, grand larceny, forcible touching, identity theft and welfare fraud. Those are my, that has been my main focus are those crimes. You know, in the city of New York, fortune-telling is a crime. I'm not looking to deport somebody for fortune-telling. Quite frankly, that should be a law that should probably be changed. Right? I don't even know why it was on the books to begin with. Um, I foresee but, it changing. But. You know, those, those, those lesser crimes, I'm not looking to have people deported for that. I, I'm, my main focus is getting this mayor to comply with detainer requests for those crimes that I've mentioned. I, it's it, it's mind-boggling to me that this mayor doesn't think sex abuse and patronizing a child for prostitution are serious enough crimes. 
I don't know how he can justify this, especially when we're seeing a spike in sex abuse crimes. Sex, all sex crimes, by the way. Um, um, and so I, those are very, I would, I would, you know, I would, he should ask the victims of crimes of sex abuse, patronizing a child for prostitution, drunk driving, if someone was killed by a drunk driver, if those are serious crimes. And I think they would side with me. I think it was interesting on this subject in Albany, you had this conversation mm. in front of everybody at a budget hearing, and he sort of said, I'm willing to talk with you about opening up this list. And obviously, the Speaker of the City Council said, nope, uh, we're not doing that. And it, it sort of petered out a bit. Is that something that you ever heard from? You know, that was well, well before you were It was in January, actually. Yeah. It was in January. And uh, you know what? This mayor has says, well, he was kind of shocked when I mentioned those crimes, as if he didn't know that those were crimes in which they've tied the hands of the NYPD. Um, and then he said, well, we'll have our attorneys look at it. it a couple of months later, Brian Lair asked him, you know, Nicole brought up some good points that these are particular crimes that, you know, are due to are serious. Uh, do you plan on adding them to the list? And he said, well, we're having attorneys look at it. I mean, here we are seven months later. We're having the attorneys still look at it. It's ridiculous. Um, so I don't believe, look, I, I am the daughter of immigrants. You both know that. My mother is from Cuba. My father is from Greece. I understand the aspirations of the American dream. It is the, is the American dream that has allowed me to be here now as a candidate. Within one generation, their daughter is running to be mayor of the city. It's pretty amazing. That's an American dream we need to preserve. I believe in a, a pathway to citizenship. I have written about the need for Washington to streamline the process so more people who want to be here and citizens and working hard and supporting their family and creating a better life for themselves and giving their children opportunity. I support that 100%. For 30 years, Washington has failed us. Republicans have been afraid of, of doing anything because they're afraid of being primary from the right. Democrats are afraid of being primary from the left. And there you've had a broken system. But now we have other unintended consequences from a sanctuary policy. And we've always had a sanctuary policy, by the way, in this city, going back to Ed Koch. If somebody came forward to report a crime and they, you know, uh, you know, when, when the agency asked, weren't right? asked yeah. their citizenship mm -hmm. status, and I'm fine with that. I would continue that policy. What I do not accept is what this mayor is doing with individuals who are committing crimes such as sex abuse, grand larceny, patronizing a child for prostitution, drunk driving, identity theft, welfare fraud. Those, to me, are serious crimes, and we shouldn't allow them to continue to prey on immigrants, other immigrants, and citizens. And, and that's, I think, the big differentiation between what the mayor believes in and what I believe in. And I think it's outrageous that they added $27 million in this, in this city's budget when we see so many other issues that need attention. They're putting $27 million for a legal defense fund that includes people who have committed murder and rape to protect them from deportation. That, to me, is not where the city's money should be going, especially when we have a failing transit system. We have a homeless crisis that is just getting worse every single day. We have schools that continue to fail. And I believe that we are putting a lot of money into these problems. This mayor has increased spending tremendously, but he's not getting results. And that's why he needs to be changed, because it's ineffective leadership. He is mismanaging the city. He's just throwing money at a problem instead of actually looking at the metrics to see what's working, what's not working, what can we change, where can we get better uh, you know, better programs in place. And maybe we should go back to some of the things that Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg did because some of those things were working. Not everything. What works, you keep. What doesn't work, you get rid of. This mayor doesn't believe in that. He just throws more money at the problem and hope that something sticks. Uh, how do you think the media has done covering de Blasio? Have they done their jobs fairly? Have they done them well? 
I think they're exposing some of the things that uh, are taking place with, for instance, the idea that this mayor would hop on the next flight to Germany after you have an, uh, a police officer assassinated and chose to do that instead of going to speak to the 524 new officers willing to put their life on the line for this city to encourage them, to support them, to mourn with them. That was a bad judgment. I think they were right in calling him out when we had a train derailment in the city and the mayor didn't go to the scene. He didn't issue a statement to even wish the 34 citizens of his city that were injured um, a speedy recovery. I believe this mayor has shown a complete, not only a lack of leadership, but that he's trying to play New Yorkers for fools and thinking that they're just going to reelect him because he has a Democratic label. You know, that is really taking the people of New York City for granted to assume that you can just fly off to Germany when you have all sorts of problems and an assassination of a police officer and we have a train derailment and you're not even going to acknowledge that it even occurred in your city. Um, and that you're unwilling to work with the governor, pick up the phone and say, hey, how much is this problem going to cost us to fix? Let's work together with Joe Loda, come up with a timetable. Let's see how much money we need to kick in this capital plan to make sure the, sig the subway signals are running uh, or helping the trains run properly without delays. This is a critical, if we were just to upgrade those signals, that should be the number one thing I would want to invest in as mayor, is to put more money towards the capital plan. So that way, these signals are upgraded once and for all. They are pre-World War II. They are decades beyond their lifespan. They contribute for the majority of the problems on the subway system. We would have more cars running per hour on each line. They would be running more reliable. We would, it would actually end up being long run. The maintenance would be um, probably very cost effective. But it would make our subway system what it should be for a cosmopolitan city like New York City. It's disgraceful that all these other cities like Paris and London and San Francisco and Vancouver have these upgrades done, and we are still relying on an old system. So that's number one. I also think there's an issue with the... Well, I'll let you ask a question. Yeah, go ahead, go Ben. You look like you wanted to ask. <laughs> well, I, don't, we don't I was going to talk about more spending. I was just going to say other things. Because yeah, there's a lot, you know, yeah. and quite frankly, you know, He's doubled the number of special assistants he has at City Hall to 264. Who needs 264 special assistants? That's double what Mayor Bloomberg had. He's added to the city payrolls tens of thousands of employees. That is a major expense. So he's adding to bureaucracy where I'm saying, look at the Department of Education, for example. You can cut some of that bureaucracy. So you would come in and say, we're getting rid of... Gotta X be a, number of jobs in the city government. It has to be. It has to be cut back. There, there's too much bureaucracy. It, we spend more per pupil than any other city or state in the nation in terms of education, and that money is getting stuck in bureaucracy. At those, you know, you. So, so we've got you, and, and it has to be able to, you know, we have to alleviate some of that bureaucracy to get the money to trickle down to the classroom. You have teachers paying for their own supplies. You have children still being taught in trailers. It's it's crazy. So we've got you a little longer than we had planned, but we, we're going to take just a couple more minutes if that's okay. all right. Yeah. Um. Just I just want to talk a little bit of sort of the we've been talking very substantively, which is great, but also the political process, which is important. Um. It looks like right now uh, the the ballot in November looks like it'll probably be Bill de Blasio coming out of the Democratic field. That would be shocking if not. And it looks like Bo Deedle is running as an independent. Um, are you worried about sort of splitting the anti-de Blasio vote with him? Are you trying to say to him... I don't hey, know what Bo Deedle's doing. I mean, he didn't file any petitions so far, and I don't know... I don't know. Is he going to petition for... I don't know what he's doing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, he's just out there, so uh, making noise. But, um, you know, I look, I... Um, Not a concern of yours. 
look, obviously, I would like to go head to head, me and the mayor. Um, but you know, there's a it's a democracy, right? Everyone can petition and they can make their way on the ballot. They're on the ballot, and we'll. we'll I should also say, Sal Albanese has the Reform Party yeah. line, so yeah, be you know, out we have to see what happens when the dust settles. Mm -hmm. Who's on the ballot, and we'll, we'll you know plan accordingly. But my campaign, you know, will be about my campaign, what my vision is, and. I don't know that anyone else, you know, takes away who they take away for. It could be the mayor. It could be me. The Have you looked at um, whether it's voting records or sort of a voting record map of the city? Have you looked at anything and said, "How do I get to Gracie Mansion?" Yeah, you know, I'm have give you me said my strategy? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, give us a little insight. Have you have you sat down with people and said, "These are the." neighborhoods I obviously really need to win because they went you know of course every every mm -hmm. campaign uh, that's well run would have an idea of where they need to pull the votes out or where they need to excel um, and you know I think that there is a there's definitely a path to victory here and we plan to ride it <laughs> where are the um, I mean I know we can easily look and find the Republican strongholds we can find some of the Trump winning districts that are sort of democratic but went mm -hmm. um trump are there any other places in the city other than the obvious that you are saying i'm going to win i'm going to win in those neighborhoods well without giving away my campaign strategy okay. ben, um i'm going to say this everywhere i've gone to this city and i've gone to areas that are democratic areas where you wouldn't think a republican would be received well we have been received well and people are excited about my campaign. They're excited for many different reasons. You know, some some could be excited uh, because I'm in, in in the you know Bronx in the Puerto Rican community, and they're excited to be potentially having the first Latina mayor. Some are excited because they, as a woman, they want to see a woman be elected. Some are excited that someone's just finally holding this mayor accountable. Uh, some people are just desperate for change. Uh, they want to have their children have a good education. Uh, so it's for different reasons. But I will tell you this. We have been well-received everywhere we've gone in the city. It has been an incredible response. People are not happy with the job this mayor is doing. He has failed them. He has shown a lack of leadership and disrespect for the taxpayers. And we're going to win this election. Are you going to have the money to do that? I mean, to, to, to are you going to have the funds? I mean, we're about to see a new filing, sure. so you can no, preview that we'll, for I, us if you want. But we, are you going to raise the money it takes? Yeah, to, I think to we do will. It? We will. We will shortly qualify for the matching funds program, and we are getting a lot of um, large donors coming forward, uh, wanting to invest in my campaign, and they are are giving contributions uh, to my campaign, and we're gonna we're gonna do very well with fundraising, and we will be able to compete absolutely. And just on that point, since you brought it up, you had been against the public matching program. Can you just explain sort of? Yeah. Choosing to participate. Well, I mean, look, I, I personally, if I had it my way, I would say we shouldn't be using taxpayer money f for campaigns. I, I believe in that. And I, in the state level, I voted against it. I don't think it's something that should be brought to the state level. But considering that this is the city program that exists and the mayor's in the program, that I need to be in the program, too, to compete. If you win, would you try to dismantle it in the city? I think there should be some changes. I think there should be some changes. Um, and I'm open to discussing that. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's... You know, some validity to the argument that you want to give the opposition who's lesser known candidate, like myself, for instance, um, the ability to compete head to head. Um, but I think maybe that could be done in other ways, too. Uh, I, but I think that, you know, again, we should keep what works. We should look, re -look at things that don't work. Um, but 
I think everything should be on the table, and I'm open to talk about any other possible alternatives. Well, thank you. I think you sort of set that up to watching where you go from here on policy on any number of issues. You know, we'll see what you say works and should be kept and, and what should be changed. Um, we thank Nicole Malitakis for, for joining us. us. Yeah. Thank you. Great to be here.